Hello, hello, and hello. Welcome back to Around About Midnight. From sitting here on what is today, June 20th, 2021. Um, so much has been going on. I said that in my last recording. I uh, don't know how I'm going to talk about all of it because it's so, so much that is happening. There is so much happening in my life. I'm so grateful to God on every single front, the negative, the positive, the in-between. I am just abundantly grateful, amazingly grateful. One of the things I have to have to put out in the atmosphere is the fact that I procured a person to interview who I don't know why. No, no, I do know why. Let me go here. I This person was put in my spirit. This person was put on my mind. And I mean, like a bolt of lightning out of nowhere. One day I'm just sitting, chilling in my house. And the next minute it was like, you have to interview this person for your podcast. So I set out. I started this podcast in April. But the thought behind it was from 2017. So um, I have actually been in prayer all of that time on how I'm supposed to carry out this assignment and could not figure out how I was supposed to carry it out. Went began by uh, doing a, a YouTube channel and my very first interview was with uh, Reverend Simon Ajosi, who is my friend. Um, but he was my pastor and he's my father in the ministry. There's a whole nother level of that, um, a level to that. Um, so one of the things that, uh, Reverend Simon and I, we had discussed redoing that video because the, the footage was lost and the footage was corrupted. So I have maybe three minutes of that footage, uh, still in my possession which is just really crazy, but um, in revamping and rebranding, I have been in deep prayer, and one particular day, just minding my business, sitting down, looking for a job, because y'all know that's what I'm doing, um, this person was put on my mind and put in my spirit, and I was like, but I don't even know this dude, this, this person, he and I do not have a personal relationship. He's not somebody that I can call and say, yo, bro, I need such and such, or yo, boo, I need such and such. We don't have that relationship. And he, I will disclose, he is a minister, and he and I have seen each other throughout many, many years in the Amy Zion Church, and I don't have a relationship with him. I have relationships with bishops. I have relationships with ministers as well as pastors. This dude, I do not have a personal relationship with. And, um, but I set out in April trying to contact him. And I, I have a direct line of contact to him, but I did not want to use that because I also, I, 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 I told the line of using the people I know and, and, I, I have a thing about that. I, I know a lot of people and I know a lot of higher up people. I, I really can't, and, and call it pride if you need, but I really can't stand using the people I know. I literally know millionaires, but I will go into debt as opposed to calling them and say, hey, may I borrow some money? 
I, honest to God, millionaires, I don't call them when I need them. I promise you, I don't. I'll ask them for other things. I'll ask them for advice. I'll ask, you know, just for conversation, but I will not call the millionaires that I know, not thousandaires, I know millionaires and will not call them for um, the personal hookup. Meanwhile, I know all of these people in Zion, in AME Zion Church, and did not utilize the direct, and I had direct contact to him. Nope, I'm going to do it by myself. And this person seriously got back to me. Number one, absolutely made my day. Number two, has agreed to be on my podcast. And when I say this person is doing amazing things in the world, not in just the AME Zion Church. Yeah, he's doing his thing in the AME Zion Church. He's doing his thing in his community. But when I say he is touching the world with his ministry, and um, I'm just absolutely elated that he has, he reached out to me. Um, well, I reached out to him and then he finally was able to contact me. And um, we had a conversation, a phone conversation, and absolutely blessed my whole life by agreeing to be on my podcast. And the way we're going to do it, uh, we're going to wait until August to do it because it's going to be a video. So I will have to post it on YouTube and some of his followers and subscribers will undoubtedly watch, but I want them to be able to watch for him. And if they feel so moved, please stay for me also, because again, the purpose of my podcast, the purpose of this channel is not only to allow people to realize they are not in it by themselves. They're not alone. Doesn't matter how lonely you feel, you are not alone. Someone has gone before you or someone is standing beside you. And when you feel like you are doing it all by yourself, trust and believe someone feels the exact same way. So this channel is, is here to show people that you don't have to feel that you're the only one. Someone understands wholeheartedly. It's here to, to uplift. It's here to inspire. It's, it's here to heal. Because I actually had, I, I've said it in other podcasts. I, I honestly have so, so many cousins. I come from a very, very large family. And um, so I always tell people I have 10,008 cousins. So I was on the phone with one of my 10,008 cousins. And I was telling, telling her that the purpose of healing is sometimes you have to just be in what you're going through or what you've been through. You have to be in it. You have to dwell there. And you can't stay there because that's not how, <clears throat> that's not how healing happens. Excuse me. I need to clear my throat. I apologize. Um, that's not how healing happens. Healing doesn't happen because you stay in it. But sometimes you have to sit in it and work through it. So this channel is based on me working through some of my stuff. And, and there are going to be things that I say wherein I have had to sit in, 
whatever I'm going through. I realized in listening to the last couple of podcasts, I actually did like the same podcast over. And it's really interesting because I told the same story about me almost punching my brother in his face, which was a really, really thing, a really, really big thing for me. Um, And, you know, snatching him up by his throat. If you didn't listen to it, it's really, it's a comical story to me because I can look back on it and Number one, realize how much I love my brother. Number two, realize my fault in it. But number three, realize my power in it. Because, yeah, my brother was my height. Actually, he was a little bit taller than me. And I was still up in his face about to punch him in his throat. Um, excuse me, I punch him in his face, grabbing him by his throat. So it's, it's a really big thing. Um, and even in, in re-listening to it. <laughs> clarify some things. I was 27. He was 17. And I want to say we were on our way because our birthdays are a month apart, but we're 10 years apart. And I want to say we were both on our way to being um, 28 and 18, respectively. So um, it was just really comical that I, I told the same exact story Um Almost the same way, but one version I said I was 27, one version I was 28. I was actually on my way to being 28. And he was, like I said, again, repeating what I just said. He was on his way to being 18. But, and the, the, the poignant part of the entire story for me, and even having physically been there, was the fact that my mom showed up like Dracula. <laughs> she just appeared and was like, no, let him go. <laughs> So I, 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 I get a tickle and a, a big, big thrill out of that particular story. I apologize, though, that I recalled the story twice, wasting time. But um, I needed to say it because I needed to heal from it. I needed to heal from the fact was I cursed my older brother out. And I'm going to say it now. I didn't say it in that podcast. It was my older brother. And why it is so different is because when I cursed my older brother out a few weeks ago, um, it was from a place where I have not fully healed from. It was a hurt that I had endured while growing up. And it's a hurt that I sat in for many, many years, and I had decided I don't want to sit there anymore. But the fact is, in order to heal from something, you really have to dwell in that thing and take the time to say, okay, I'm going to put you to rest. I'm not going to just say I'm over it. I have to work through it. I have to put in the time. I have to put in the effort. And if I put a Band-Aid over it and say, you know what, I'm going to forget about it. Guess what? You put a Band-Aid over a wound, that wound actually has the potential to get an infection. I'm not going to go there because I have a whole conversation that um, revolves around that statement. But if you just try to put a Band-Aid over a wound, that wound has the the the... the chance to get infected. You have to give that thing some air. You have to give it some light. And that's how the healing can get started. Yes, you cover it initially, but guess what? You take that cover off of that thing and you see what it is in all of its ugliness. And there are some parts of my life that I am just beginning to take the bandage off, just beginning to allow that 
festering thing to get some light because I'm ready to heal that thing. And I know that somebody is ready to go with me on that journey to say, you know what, there's something in my life that I've allowed to fester. There's something in my life that has uh, drawn an infection and I keep putting a bandage and bandage and bandage on top of it. And that infection, believe it or not, just goes deeper and deeper. So let's all take it off and allow that thing to get some sunlight, allow it to get some air, allow it, hey, we have to watch it, it's gonna be ugly. And there might actually be a scar once it's healed, but it'll be healed and we don't have to go there anymore. So all of that to say, I was um, uh, funny enough in the same conversation with that particular cousin, I was saying, she called me and she woke me up. <laughs> And I wasn't upset that she woke me up because I, I love talking to her because I love her. But I was just like, yo, I'm so damn tired. And you called me and woke me up. But I do not sleep well. I think I did say that on another uh, podcast. I'll delve into that another day. But I don't sleep well. So when someone wakes me up, it's actually a, a bit of a big deal. So I had um, I had awakened somewhere in the morning and I turned on the movie Coco and watching Coco and allowing Coco to um, play while I was in and out of sleep. I recall the very first time that I watched the movie Coco. Um, there are going to be spoiler alerts all over this thing, by the way, if you have not seen the Disney movie Coco. So one of the things that um, Miguel is the main character and Miguel begins his story speaking about his great, 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 his great grandmother, whose name is Coco. They call her Mama Coco. And Miguel is Mexican and this all takes place, this whole story takes place in, in Mexico. And... Um, Miguel goes through his uh, story getting in contact with his ancestors because, um, well, I'm not going to tell the deck on story because I love Coco, but it's not one of my favorite movies. I already spit, uh, spoke on my favorite movie, one of my favorite movies, which is Meet the Andersons. But I do have a very, very, very deep affinity for Coco because um, at the end of the movie... Mama Coco becomes one of the ancestors. And the thing with that is um, when I first saw the movie, I watched it in the house. But um, I don't even, like I, I vaguely remember it being in the movie theater. But when I watched it, I was in my feelings. I cried, like literally boo-hooed, honest and true. Because what Miguel did, well, what Miguel's great-grandmother did at the end of the movie, she put Mama Coco's picture on the ofrenda. And um, many people don't understand the power of having an ofrenda in their house. The reality is we, we need to honor our loved ones who've departed from us. We need to honor our ancestors, those who've come before us, those whose shoulders and backs we stand on. <clears throat> so the, 
thing with that is Mama Coco and, and the movie Coco represented a love of our past because what happens with our past is if we don't learn it and then learn from it. See, those are two different, very distinguishable sentences. If we don't learn it and then learn from it, we're doomed to repeat it. So I'm not going, I say so a lot. I, I, I apologize. I know I, I remember one of my podcasts mentioning that. I apologize. Um, what we have done in this world and especially in this country, we've begun to regress to an extent. That is why there was a, a, an uprising against the state capitol. That was just crazy, crazy. But you know what? That came about because people did not see and they did not acknowledge and they did not want to take heed that we were beginning to regress and repeat cycles that our ancestors have already overcome. So how is it that we went from 2020, 2021, and even, let me go back four years, 20, 2016, repeating instances from the 50s, the 30s, the 20s. How is that? That's because we're not honoring our ancestors. We're not looking at those who have come before us. Juneteenth, yesterday was Juneteenth, and Juneteenth was firstly celebrated as a national holiday in 2021. President Joe Biden made it a national holiday. That's beautiful. Absolutely wonderful. However, did you know that 2021 is right here? Juneteenth is a holiday, yet there's no anti-lynching bill. Yeah, so all of these black people are being killed in the streets and they're being killed and they're unarmed and nobody's doing anything about it. Yeah, there's a little bit of a payout sometimes. Sometimes somebody does some jail time. Sometimes. But we're supposed to be celebrating. How about we take it a little further? How about we, we put our ancestors on the ofrenda, on the altar, and say, I, I, I see you, ancestor, I acknowledge you. And I'm going to uphold those things that you bled and died for. I'm going to uphold those things that you were tortured for. I'm going to uphold those things that you were murdered for. I'm going to stand in my power because you're a powerful being that walked this earth before me. And I'm going to do what is right, not just by me, but by all of the people who look like me. And for those people who don't look like me, because I think I did a podcast on my sisters who don't look like me, especially my girl Susan, my sister, that's my sister for life. Those people who have a different coloring than me, those cousins of mine, who have a different culture from me, those people saying, I stand with my 
cousin, brother, sister, friend. I stand as an ally. How is it that we have so many gay or LGBTQ and all the rest of them allies? We need some black allies. We need some brown allies. Because even uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, he is backtracking and apologizing. Rita Moreno, she's apologizing because you're my brother, you're my sister. I have cousins who look and are the same color as you. But I also have color cousins who are the same look and color as me. And they're my brothers, they're my sisters. So we have a responsibility to one another. And the fact is, when I put my ancestors, I, I, I know I spoke about um, Baba Malcolm X a number of times. That's because I am a fan, I've said that before. Um, because he was a man who, who did what he did, stood in his mess, but said, I'm going to be better. And he ended up blessing the world. There were a lot of people who don't agree with him, but there, that man blessed the world. That is why so many years after his execution, execution and assassination, we still honor him. But we put these people, we put our loved ones, we put our ancestors on the ofrenda, on the altar, as well as we heal. We heal. We take the time. We walk in whatever they walked in, and we begin to heal. Now, that does not say we excuse what has happened. That does not say that we turn a blind eye. Because if you keep turning a blind eye, hello, I just finished saying it. How many times do I have to say it? How many ways do I need to say it? You're going to go in a cycle. Let's break the cycle. These are generational curses that were set upon us. We had nothing to do with what happened to our ancestors, but we have a responsibility to not allow it to happen again because they lived through it. In saying that, I'm going to put my little two cents in about this whole bonnet issue. Um, I don't agree with women, young and old, walking around with daggone hair bonnets on. Now, don't get me wrong. It protects your hairstyle. It really does. But I remember being young and getting in trouble because I was walking out the house with rollers in my hair. First of all, I didn't walk out the house with rollers in my hair. That just didn't happen unless I had a very, very special engagement because my hair does not like to be done. <laughs> my hair, if any little bit of moisture, if you lick your lips around my hair, lick your lips, my hair will go. <laughs> so I'm very glad to have my locks. But... I was taught to look a certain way, and the certain way was not looking hashtags and, and, and air quotes white, because, you know, that's the whole thing, looking white. No, it's not about looking white. It's about looking kempt. It's about looking neat. It's about looking presentable. It's about you really never know who the hell you're going to happen upon when you walk out the door. It's about dressing for the job you want as opposed to the job you have. So yeah, 
take the time to iron your clothes. Take the time to do your hair. And I'm not talking about people who are going through something because trust and believe, when I was in mourning, when my, especially when my grandmother passed, I took a shower, but I'll never forget, I was so distraught. Mother's Day 2017, I was so distraught. Was it 2007, 2014? I don't know why that day came up. Mother's Day, which was May 11th, 2014. I put on a t-shirt and I want to say I had on my Aries t-shirt and I had put on some sweats and I put on some sneakers and I tied my hair back in a ponytail and not the cute high ponytail that I like. I tied my hair in like a low ponytail. And when I say I went to church looking bum me, which is why we have those sayings, we have those statements, I looked bummy. I looked bummy. I did not look, there was nothing presented about presentable about my appearance and the fact was I was going through something I completely give leeway because there's some people going through some hard times and some rough days but y'all I work in Walmart I see people in their bedroom slippers like your bedroom slippers and pajamas I have a young man that I see, he, he works with me, and I always tell him, and I said it to him the other night, I saw him Friday night, and I said, I'm either telling you to pull up your pants or wear something other than your pajamas here. Why is that? And that's the thing, we, we, we lose that presentative, how can I say it? Presentativeness? I don't know. I don't know what to call it. We, we lose that part of us that says, this looks nice. I'm going to walk out my house and just look nice. And it's not a judgment, but at the same time it is. I used to say, I remember um, one of the kids in my life had said, well, I don't really know how to braid hair. Let me tell you something. I have had long hair my whole life, entire. That's all I know is long hair. And my mother would tell me, I'm tired of doing your damn hair. Your hair is so thick. I'm tired. I need to just cut it off. And I used to cry and I said, no, no. And that was actually a, a, um, a, a punishment. My mother would say, I'm going to cut all this damn hair off. That's a whole nother conversation. We're not going to get into that, and we're not going to dwell on <laughs> the repercussions the repercussions of that. But I said to the young lady, I said, at 10 years old, I didn't like how my mother would do my hair because my mother didn't, she knew how to braid, but she didn't know how to cornroll. My cousins were always real fancy and, and gifted in the, in the art of braiding hair and cornrowing my hair, and my mother didn't have that gift. And so she would send me to my cousins, but when my cousins weren't available, my mother would do my hair and she would get tired. So at 10 years old, I would tell her because I didn't like the hairstyle that she would put in my hair. So she was like, do your own damn hair if you don't like what I'm doing. So I was like, bet, <laughs> bet, I'll do my hair. And I became very gifted in the art 
on ponytails. And I loved doing a ponytail so much. I still do dig on ponytail. It's the bomb. That's my hairstyle. I will comb and brush my hair or I will have my hair twisted and my hair is in the ponytail because that's the bomb to me. But at the end of the day, didn't matter what style hair I had, not hairstyle, style of hair, I looked neat. And that made the difference. I looked neat. If I had a bonnet on, or back in the day we didn't have bonnets, we had scarves. If I had a scarf on, it was because I was going somewhere and I had to preserve my very, very curly hair, trying to keep it straight or trying to keep the kinks out of it for whatever reason because I did not have a natural hairstyle back in the day. And guess what? If my hair didn't like locks so much, I still wouldn't have a day going natural hairstyle because my natural hair is hella thick and I don't want to do it. And right this minute, I don't make enough time, enough money for somebody else to do it. Or I would go to Sonia because she'd be twisting my hair in its natural state. But if I didn't have my locks, I would have a relaxer, not a, um, a texturizer, a straight up relaxer. Why? Because that's who the hell I am and I get to do that. And that segues into, yeah, you get to do what the hell you want and have a bonnet on your hair and wear your bedroom slippers and wear your pajamas outside. You get to do that. But where do we draw a line? And that's just my question. Where do we draw a line? Where do we say, okay, you know what? There's nothing wrong with free speech. There really isn't. But there are people who were beaten in order for us to look nice. They had a problem with us looking nice. So why is it that we've stopped looking nice? They had a problem with us wearing shoes. So why is it that we've stopped wearing shoes? Our ancestors were beaten for the things we take for granted. So why is it that we've stopped honoring them? Just a question. I'm different. I see things differently. Um, other people would, you know, argue with me about it. It's not an argument. It's my opinion. I'm entitled to it. You got a butthole. You have an opinion too. Go ahead. Go forth with God. This is my platform. Now, going on, I have a young lady that um, I had a conversation with just last night, and we were talking about Father's Day, which is today, and she said, I don't have a father. And she didn't say it in a way where she was sad. She was very poignant in saying what she said, and the reality was, I looked at her and I said, you have a father. You may, not had, you may not have had your father in your life, but you have a father. Everyone has a father. It might not be good. Might not have been there. My biological father died. There's no coming back from death. I always tell people, get stuff right with the people who are here. There's no coming back from death. But guess what? Every person here had a father and a mother. Now, your father may have been a sperm donor. Your mother may have been an incubator. But everyone here had a father and a mother. Doesn't matter. 
And then you had a father figure, someone in your life, even if it was the, the, the cop that directed traffic every Tuesday who said, hey, hey, uh-uh, don't do that. That's a father figure if he was a male because you have to be a male to be a father figure. Um, we can debate that on another level, a different day. That's not this day. This day is Father's Day. And so I'm going to shout out the men. And I'm going to shout out the good men specifically because I do know so many men who are single fathers. And I don't understand. I, I wait and I watch. <laughs> Just because who, of who I am, I sit and I watch because I know so many women who will say, oh, it's Mother's Day. I'm the mama and the daddy. It's Father's Day. I'm the daddy. No, boo, you're the mama. And you can only ever be the mama. You are the woman. And that's just what it is. You don't have to acknowledge yourself as a woman, but you're the woman. And you have given the maternal side to that child. As a woman, I don't give a good damn. And let me tell you something. This is, this is a whole different level of debate because you have transgender people who do take hormones. The problem is, and that's why there's so much debate about it, the problem is, genetically, no matter how much they suppress that testosterone, genetically, they have more testosterone than a woman. That's why I don't believe, and okay, maybe I'm going political right now, but I don't believe that transgenders should uh, compete on the same level. I just don't, because you have a young lady who decides, you know what? I'm going to be transgender or who says I am transgender and they go through the process and they go to compete in these all-male sports and these men who have the right amount, even though the uh, transgender person has been taking the hormones, so they have the testosterone flowing through their body, they have the testosterone circulating through their body they still don't have the biological strength that comes with that. When it comes to transgender, transgender males, when they, um, I got stuck on the word, when they um, go into being a woman or a female, they don't have enough, enough of that estrogen, estrogen being produced to change them over into a feminine enough woman. And I'm not saying looking. I, it's not about looks. Because I know some hard looking chicks. Let me tell you that. And that's how the heck they were born. Trust. I know some very <laughs> tender looking guys. And that's how they were born. They're, they're not LGBTQ. They're just born that way. It just is what it is. But... When you have someone who has the, the hormones, they've gone through their transition, and they have the hormones coursing through their body, they still, unfortunately, have the residual of whatever their gender was when they were born. Now, is that negative? Is that positive? Neither. It just is what it is. It's science. And they have yet to perfect that um, the transition point where 
guess what? I'm a, trans a transgender male and I'm going to transgender over to a female. I'm going to have my um, reconstructive surgery and for whatever reason, I'm drawing a blank of what the surgery is actually called. Reassignment, gender reassignment. Um, you know, I'm going to have the gender reassignment and become a male. Guess what? There are going to be parts of my life that are going to still be all female because I have to continue to take those hormones. If I miss out on taking those hormones, then my natural genetics will no longer be suppressed. I said all of that to say um, it's about being presentable and staying presentable and in being presentable, you have to be presentable as a father figure. So I really did try to tie it all in. I don't know if it worked for everybody. It worked for me. But, <laughs> but um, you can have someone who is a sperm donor. And a sperm donor can be a, a person you know. I know a lot of people who are estranged from their fathers. I know a lot of I know a lot of dudes who are bad fathers. I don't get down with them. Now don't get that twisted. Because you're not a friend of mine if you're a bad father. You can't. I'll be quick to call it on your mess. Cause what you gonna do? I'm gonna call you in your mess. Now what? But um because <laughs> I ain't scared. I ain't scared. And, well, that's a, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> no, I'll go there. And, and I'm quick with knives and good with a gun. Now, because <laughs> it is what it is. I'm going to call a thing a whole thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I've got these hands. And no, I'm not woman enough to fight a dude. But guess what? That's a whole nother part of my life. That's what I used to do. I used to fight guys. I ain't care. You're not going to come and say whatever the hell you want to say in my face. And I put that on fathers. You're not going to come and do whatever the hell you want to do with this child. Either stay going or be present. That's it. Those are your options. Stay going or be present. If you're going to be present, you sit in some of the stuff you say. You sit in some of the stuff you do. And you be present in that child's life. And you make sure that that child knows, guess what? You are enough and you are worthy of this kind of love. You try your best not to damage your child because at the end of the day, most of the parents that I know, not just fathers, most of the parents that I know are still in the process of healing from their childhood trauma. And I know people, and this was a conversation my cousin and I had earlier, I personally know people who instead of healing from their childhood trauma, put a Band-Aid over and say, you know what, I let it go. I let go, I let God, I, I'm, I'm over it, I'm done with it, I ain't dealing with it no more. No, that thing has an infection, and until you address it, it will never heal. And I say that standing in my own stuff, because I have some stuff that I have not healed from, and I know that because of the way I acted and the way I reacted. My cousin and I, we didn't have an, um, one of my other cousins. We did not have an argument. We just had a very strong discussion because it wasn't an argument. It was I who was reacting. So I reacted in a way where I, I just blew up and I just, because that's what I had to do to get it out. But the reality is the reason I had to get it out was because there's a part of me that not only cannot heal, but will not heal until I dig the infection out. 
and make sure that infection is cured. It's a whole nother conversation. I, I went someplace I wasn't supposed to go in this particular podcast. Um, nevertheless, I, I need for those men who are upstanding citizens, those men who are willing to be held accountable to a child, I need y'all to have a wonderful, wonderful, blessed day. I, I pray that it's filled with relaxation. I pray that you just enjoy yourself and understand how much you mean to someone, how much you mean to a mother somewhere, how much you mean to a child somewhere, how much you mean to a community somewhere. I need you to know how much you are cherished. And I especially applaud black men. Yeah, because I'm going to hold my own for my own. Why? Because there's such a stigma that society has placed when being a black father. Black fathers are not supposed to be there. But that is a lie. Fathers are fathers all the world around. It doesn't matter your race, color, or creed. A father is a father. And again, the problem we have is we have a lot of men who are running around who have not healed from childhood trauma. They have not acknowledged some childhood trauma, so they sure can't heal from it. But there are some men who are trying. Some men who know they don't have it all together. Some men who, who get it wrong just as much or even more than they get it right. Those are the men that I'm wishing a happy Father's Day to. Those are the men that when you are gone, I hope that your children and your children's children and the people who you know and love and who you've touched in um, a purely platonic way, touch their hearts. Y'all know I'm not saying no gross stuff. But um, those people you've touched, who you've reached out to and, and mentored, I pray that you go in their ofrenda. I, I, I lift up some of the men who are in my life. My dad, my, I, I say it, and I'm, I'm going to go because I've got I've to go. I've, I have to go to work. But uh, I, I say it, you know, thank you, Big Al, because you stepped in. My father, my biological father was dead, and this man chose to raise me. He chose to raise me. He chose to raise my brothers. And when I say my dad was not a nice person, I said it in the last podcast. He used to curse at me. He used to curse at us. You know, he did not know how to give us the love we needed. But um, he was a great teacher of things. And he's still a, a great guy. He's ornery and annoying. And... <laughs> I call him my ornery old man, but my, my dad brought me my first toolkit. My dad used to take me to swimming lessons. My dad used to take me to dance lessons. My dad used to pick me up from school when I was sick. My dad used to drive me to work. You know, if I called my dad and said, Dad, I need right this minute, my dad would make sure I had it. He's not perfect. He's got his own scars. Um, and that's another podcast in and of itself also, because I, I put it on Facebook a few years ago. My, my dad is a Vietnam vet, and he has a purple heart. And I grew up, very quick story, I grew up 
looking, every time my dad takes his shirt off, every single time my dad takes his shirt off, you can see these huge, ugly scars. And I used to say, Dad, what is this scar from? And I promise you, that has to have some basis of why every time I was in a relationship with a man, I would look at his, okay, I'm going to be graphic, I would look at his body for scars. And I would ask him, where did you get this one from? Where did you get this one from? So it actually, the fascination, the fascination started with my dad because I would say, Dad, you have all of these scars. Where did you get this one from? Oh, I got shot in the Vietnam War and they didn't have, I'll never forget, this is one of his crazy stories. They didn't have a real medic and they didn't have hospitals and we were on the field. So this is how they had to patch me up. That's why my dad has a purple heart. You have people who are dealing with scars that they never heal from. And they're out here creating lives. And they're out here touching lives. And they're out here being responsible for lives. So shout out to all of the people, but especially the men, and especially the black men who are dealing from generation upon generation upon generation of scars. And I thank those who know enough to try to get help and try to get healing. And for those who have yet to heal, I'm pulling for you. I'm pulling for you. I'm standing in the gap for you. Those who are trying, I'm standing in the gap for you. I know a lot of single fathers. I can't fathom. People talk about single mamas, single mamas, but I cannot fathom having to raise your child with a mother who doesn't want them. And for those who have children who, you know, for whatever reason, you are the primary caregiver, I definitely lift you up because that's a big deal. You've got a lot of shoulders to carry that burden. But that's why they say that the man is carrying the weight of the world. But you're doubly, doubly carrying the weight when you have a child who, you're the mama and the daddy. You have to see, oh my goodness, my child has a fever. Oh my goodness, my child has a, a, an ailment that I have to run, stop my life, go from work to school to the hospital. Yeah, that's a big deal for a man. And you're doing it. And you're doing it so well that so many mothers are envious. So keep on being great. Keep on being phenomenal. Keep on being fantastic. But please, please, my brothers, keep on being strong. Keep on healing. Keep on protecting. Keep on nurturing. I love you all. I pray that those whose fathers have gone on, I have some father figures who I've lost and brothers who I've lost in the last year's time. Um, I salute you. I place you on my ofrenda, on my altar for my ancestors. I'll never forget you because you mean that much to me. I thank you. Those who were a, unable 
to become fathers themselves, but they were uncles, godfathers, cousins, brothers. Yeah, I place you on my ofrenda because you're just that great. And I walk in your shadow. Thank you for continuing to protect me from beyond. I thank God that I had time with you. So my suggestion to everyone listening, check your ofrenda. Take a revisit. Every, every once in a while, check your ofrenda. Make sure you're honoring your ancestors in the best possible way. Happy Father's Day to all. I didn't mention my, one of my absolute favorite men in this world, my uncle. Happy Father's Day and happy anniversary to my aunt and uncle. Oh my gosh, it's the last minute, but I have to shout them out. I love y'all so, 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 so much. 57 years of marriage, I want to say. That's going to be a podcast in and of itself. But today is the day. June 20th is their anniversary. I love y'all. God bless you and good night.